0: Good morning, welcome to the show. Monday, September the 13th, the start of a new week, and what a weekend that was, with eight Group Ones across England, Ireland and France changing the whole complexion of the rest of 2021. Longines, Irish Champions Weekend at Leopardstown on Saturday and the Curra on Sunday. It fizzed and crackled with the energy that only top-class sport can really bring. And it was no one-man show this time either. They all got involved. Jessica Harrington with a brace of Group 1 wins and winners just about everywhere else. Shane Foley riding most of them. Johnny Murter's infectious enthusiasm after Sonny Boy Liston won the Irish St. Ledger under the brilliant 19-year-old talent that is Ben Cohen. Jer Lions with four winners at Leopardstown on Saturday, taking out half the card. And then that mesmerising Irish champion Stakes, St. Mark's Basilica beating Tanawa and Poetic flair, controversial finish but no doubting the talent of the horse and that was a rare high spot over the weekend for Aidan O'Brien, it didn't go his way otherwise even his highly touted juvenile point Lonsdale was beaten in yesterday's national stakes but by a potential superstar in native trail who looks the 2000 guineas clubhouse leader for charlie appleby at this stage and it was appleby fair all weekend because on saturday he had as anticipated taken the kazoo st ledger with hurricane lane who could be off to the arc and for good measure he took the park stakes with glorious journey honorable mention for breeder Philippa cooper friend of the show she bred both those horses talking of the arc it might not just be Hurricane Lane for Appleby but also the Derby and King George winner Adea but that picture has been blown open too because although Tanawa enhanced her claims with her luckless run in the Irish champion stakes Snowfall did nothing but dent hers and for all the pace might have been sedate in the Prix May in France she was a shadow of the filly that had been so barnstorming earlier in the season as she went down to a very talented filly on the up Tiona her trainer Roger Varian speaks to me a little later it was a very good week Weekend for him, it was also an exceptional weekend for Japan because Deep Bond gave them a meaningful second string to their arc bow by winning the Prix foi Our Japanese correspondent Nahiro Go to reflect on that later in the show, too. But where to start? Where to start? Jane Mangan is alongside me this morning. Jane, what a weekend!
1: Well, we just had the eight group ones in Europe this weekend, you know, it's uh, just your regular run-of-the-mill racing weekend. Where do you, does one start? Well, we went into Saturday, I went to Leopardstown thinking that this was the race meeting of the year. Irish Champions Weekend has obviously been a staple diet over here and it was good to have a few thousand people back, four thousand people back and what they were back to see was one of the most exciting finishes of an Irish champion stakes in recent years. I will be honest, I came into the matron and to the air champion stakes expecting fireworks, but I got the fireworks I wasn't expecting. I left a little bit deflated because instead of talking about the results, we were talking about stewards' inquiries for much of the afternoon. But St Mark's Basilica, Tarnawa, Poetic Flair, it was the match-up we thought it was, it was just a little bit more dramatic. We saw anybody who was watching the race will have seen Ryan Moore off the home bend instead of coming straight up beside Kevin Manning. He opted to keep away from Poetic Flair. Second time that's happened, Poetic Flair after Frankie Dettori and Palace Pier made sure they stayed away from him in the Jacques Lemarwa. That is just a credit. And another compliment to to Poetic Flair's toughness to say that rivals don't want to eyeball him and take him on. They like to keep away from him. And, of course, Colin Keane on the outside of St. Mark's Basilica got carried right across the track to nearly end up in the gallop down underneath the standside rail. Now, if you were supporters or backers of Tarnawa, it was frustrating. I can imagine Dermot Weld and the Aga can were understandably frustrated post-race. Ryan Moore really should have straightened up his horse, there's no doubt about that, but I do think the best horse won on the day. The mare never really looked like she was going to get past, but from two down, didn't those three quicken? Because uh, Patrick Sarsfield is a genuine Group 2 horse, and he was left for dead within a few seconds.
0: <laughs> In just about any other nation in the world, I think St Mark's Basilica might have been disqualified. Indeed, I think even in the UK, given the way the rules have been applied lately, he might have been disqualified. Is it possible, and you'll know this better than me, Jane, is it possible for Tanawa to go past when she's being carried, if not physically impeded, but being carried across the track that many lanes?
1: (laughs) It would definitely be possible for her to get closer. Yes, the intimidation is there, um, but she never really got within a a neck of him um, to get by. Look, it wasn't an ideal situation. Ryan had his stick in his right hand, but he never tightened his left rein to pull his horse across. And with 100 yards or 150 yards to run, St. Marks changes his lead from left to right, which actually exaggerates the movement. And you can actually see a smattering of photographers having to run out of the way such was their surprise at these horses the width of the straight at Leopard Sound they decided to come up the chase track basically um but it was it was a steward's inquiry Ryan Moore got one day I expected him to get more uh this is one of the biggest races in the world and that was just it took a bit from it and for much of the post race script we were talking about Stewart's inquiries and between the pairs, Saint Mark's Basilica and Ternawa. but of course Poix de Claire was only beaten a shadow for a second on the inside, racing on his own over this trip for the first time. I thought he emerged with immense credit as well. So we we thought we were gonna have fireworks between the three coming in. The highest rated horse came came out on top, but um you know, it was probably the most important date in St. Mark's Basilica's career, but Tanawa has another date in three weeks' time, and I think if you're a supporter of her for the arc, you were pretty pleased with what you saw.
0: That was a, a rare high spot on the weekend for, for Aidan O'Brien. Uh, it didn't really go to plan otherwise. He had the 5-1 to one on favourite, the brilliant Jewel Oaks heroine Snowfall, turned over by Tiona in the Prix Vermeille, the Group 1 in France yesterday, Sunday. Bolshoi Ballet, who was supposed to run in the Prix Niel, couldn't run because of a, a vaccination irregularity on his passport. Point Lonsdale, his putative European champion two-year-old, was well and truly turned over by Charlie Appleby's native trail in the national stakes. And to add insult to injury, Mother Earth, who probably should have won the Group 1 matron stakes, was tightened up so badly on the run for home by the eventual winner, No Speak Alexander, that that she had no chance. I'd imagine that, for all they'd be delighted with with St. Mark's Basilica, there'll be a few cats kicked.
1: Well, the most important goal was scored with St. Mark's Basilica, but just going back to the matron stakes, it was hugely frustrating. Um, No Speak Alexander is a very good filly. I just think Mother Earth is better. Um, Declan McDonough and Pearls Galore... Uh, Ryan Moore and Mother Earth they turned in upsides behind No Speak Alexander and the front runners Ryan opted to go to the inside where Shale was there looked like there was room for two horses there Shane Foley and No Speak Alexander was three, four off the rail and by the time Ryan got the challenge Shane was over on top Shale nearly went down and there was no room for Mother Earth anymore and no, no Speak Alexander ends up on the rail, Pearls Galore runs a huge race for Paddy Toomey and Declan McDonough down the outside with a clean sweep, he gets second Mother Earth, third, basically hard held um, I don't think in Ireland there's there seems to be uh everything is careless riding unless a horse goes down and then it becomes dangerous riding but a horse shouldn't have to end up on the floor for something to be dangerous uh, stick in his right hand Blatantly moving left um and and not changing to his left. Um it was well documented on the day. He got five days and he went out in the next race and Appeal, won the boomerang and got another three days for the same offence. So uh it's 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 almost for me a question of I think most jockeys and this is just a hypothetical, most jockeys will think, I oh, I might get five days here, but I might win a group one that's worth a quarter of a million. Way up the opportunity cost, you're probably going to take the group one. So you, the question is, Is are the penalties harsh enough? This is meant to be the top tier of racing. This should be the cleanest of riding because you have the best participants in these races. And it just was wholly unsatisfactory that we ended up with the mess of a race we, had, we did in the last furlong.
0: So Jane, how would you consider changing the rules?
1: I think the penalties probably need to be harder. That's not going to be a, a popular vote within the weigh room, but I I don't think that should happen. A full stop. It shouldn't have to be group one. It's, if if it's a handicap or a maiden, that shouldn't happen. Good riding is uh, you know knowing and being able to control. And I know some horses they're half a ton, and you're only human. But that manoeuvre was happening for a couple of strides before the interference actually happened. So it definitely could have been rectified Um, and then look we came out of the champion stakes and Ryan went halfway across the track and he never straightened his filly either so these things we are better than that those riders are better than that Um, and I I, I know that if it was in France somebody said to me yesterday oh the rules are the same in in Ireland as they are in France well they might be on on the page they might be but if it was the same rule as it was in France then you know No Speak Alexander would have been placed third yeah. Charles Galore would have got the race, Mother Earth would have finished second, and that would have been a wholly sat- satisfactory result, because Mother Earth wouldn't have won the race anyway, so I think there needs to be harsher penalties, it's something maybe they want to look at, but um, that was day one of Champions Weekend, thankfully at the Curra, without any lanes, we had some straight lines.
0: You did have some straight lines, you also had a straight up Champion 2-year-old in Native Trail, surely?
1: What I thought was most impressive about both the Moygler and National Stakes Winner, all the experts at the sales, all the experts, judges, would have looked at Discoveries and Native Trail and said, they're a bit, they're a bit big to make two-year-olds, guys. Well, there you go. Ability trumps all. Those two are monsters physically. Awesome to look at in the parade ring. Very physically impressive. Both very well-bred. Of course, Discoveries is probably the best-bred Philly on show yesterday. She's a full sister to Alpha Centauri, half to Alpine Star from the family of Miesk. And I was very pleased to see her bounce back after a, a lackluster performance in the debutante behind the Garth as she turned that form around in the Moi um Homeless songs a little bit disappointing too keen. She, Sunset Shiraz finished third, but Native Trail. Thank you. Thank you to Charlie Appleby for continuously bringing good horses over to Ireland and to Champions Weekend to keep us honest so that we know what kind of horses we have in this country. Point Lansdale, and Reach for the Moon were both being hyped after the Chesham. Reach for the Moon went and won. The Solario got beaten at the weekend but did run well. Point Lansdale, of course, beating the same rivals here in Ireland, Maritime Wings, who was well turned over in the Group 2 on Saturday. He looked impressive doing that in the Tyros and in the Futurity But when he met Native Trail, even Ebro River on the inside couldn't live with his turn of foot inside the final furlong. Ebro River did run well. I would like to see him back to six furlongs. He just runs a little bit too free to see it out over seven. But as Charlie Appleby said in his post-race interview, Native Trail, in the preliminary, in the parade ring, he looked like a man amongst the boys.
0: And what a weekend for Charlie Appleby with Hurricane Lane doing everything we expected Hurricane Lane to do in the St. Ledger in the UK at, at Doncaster. He looked like he'd had a race in the winner's circle afterwards, Jane, but it, you couldn't fail to be impressed. Is he an ARC candidate, do you think?
1: He must be. Now, I I, I didn't see the, the post-race uh, winner's circle, but reports said that he was feeling the race. But, of course, it is a St. Ledger. It is a mile six. I I definitely think if he is well, he has to go to the arc. Um, He was the class horse coming into the race. I I am pleased for Mojo Starr's connections that he has backed up that brilliant run at Epsom with a good run at Doncaster. The Mediterranean interpretation, again, high definition disappoints, as did Sir Lucan. But Hurricane Lane was the class individual coming into the race. I was pleased that we had a classic winner running in the classic. And he, you know, you were never in doubt.
0: Which sort of takes us neatly on to the arc. Jane, because we've got Hurricane Lane, yes, test passed with flying colours. We've got Japanese second string, because they're also going to run Chronogenesis, but second string, Deep Bond, absolutely bolting up against, admittedly, a pretty weak field. We had Snowfall eclipsed at the hands of of Tiona. So where does the arc picture sit now? And don't forget, of course, Wonderful Tonight, sadly, has had to be retired through an injury. And Adear... We don't really know how he's going to come back from a, a what, what's what been described as a minor injury.
1: It's a definitely a reshuffling of the pack, but it kind of maybe it was needed. All these tests have to be passed if you're going to sit the final assignment. Yes, it was a shock yesterday in the pre My Snowfall didn't look herself. Let the race be run slowly. I think she should be beating Laja Khand out of sight if that is the true Snowfall. Take nothing away from Tiona. She sat second. She had shown promise before. She was keen without being over racing like she did in the Musidora, and she was never for passing. Snowfall never looked like she was going to threaten. Yes, maybe the race was run too slow, but that isn't anybody's. You know, Holly Doyle's was riding her own horse, and and Laja Khan ran a career best, so got yeah. Group One placed
0: herself. What did you make of Frankie Dettori's comments? Because they they caused a bit of consternation afterwards. He he said. Holly didn't go quite fast enough for me. Now, that was interpreted by some as a criticism of Holly Doyle for not playing her part in, in Frankie de Tory's race. I'm not sure I quite read it like that, but I can see why people might have thought that.
1: I can see too, because of course, La has been used as a pacemaker in the past year in the Epsom Oaks going off, but um she didn't go quick into vermi holly rode her own horse rode her own race and whether that was to frankie's detriment or not frankie was actually just too far back and he said that himself he admitted that and tiona got first run but i never i don't think she would have won on the day anyway uh, the big disappointment for me was joan of arc she tailed off and it wasn't uh, a run that i don't think reflects her talents but tiona definitely enters the art picture now
0: and I've been speaking to a trainer, Roger Varian, who, although he was incredibly complimentary about this filly earlier in the season, looked uh, a little shell-shocked yesterday.
2: Yeah, probably uh, wrong, wrong to say shell-shocked, um, Nick. We expected a very good run yesterday. But, you know, when you're taking on a filly like Snowfall, who's won three Oaks, two, two Classics and the Yorkshire Oaks, you don't go into those races uh, necessarily expecting to, to topple her. But we were certainly expecting a very good run from our filly. Um, and uh, delighted that she came through and, and delivered that.
0: How hard has it been to get her back to where you needed to have her to produce a performance like that?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's it's been, uh, I suppose, patience more than anything. She's a, she's a great big rangy filly and she's uh, needed time, I think, um, to really strengthen into that body. But the Oaks really knocked her back. You know, she... She didn't handle the ground that day. She came back looking very light, and uh, she took a she took a good bit of time to to come back to herself. Um, but she's trained really nicely for a while now. We were very happy with her going into Windy. You know, she won. She beat some good yardsticks that day uh, comfortably, and she obviously took a step forward from that. Um, in the two weeks from from Windsor to to the race yesterday.
0: Three year old Philly, how irresistible is the arc with all those allowances?
2: Exactly, Nicky. I think it has to come under consideration. You know, the, 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 the Phillies allowance and the age, the age allowance. You know, the three-year-old fillies have a very good record in the race, and you know, she's actually beaten the arc favourite yesterday, hasn't she? Whether Snowfall ran her race or not, uh, you know, she's 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 beat um, you know two classic winners yesterday. I think she's she's certainly put herself in the picture for the arc and it's 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 going to be something to give serious consideration to. I said yesterday, and you know, I say it again. I don't think she's a filly who wants really autumn ground. So I think the, you know, the forecast would have to stay fairly dry. And if we could see an arc run on a sound surface, and we were happy with Tiona's condition, and I'm sure it's something we'd like to, we'd like to consider.
0: Roger Varian there. More from him in a sec, Jane. But first of all, do we just rule snowfall out now or not?
1: Snowfall backers, I don't think I would be abandoning ship just yet. Aidan O'Brien has a knack of getting these fillies back to form when it matters, and this was definitely a trial for three weeks' time, um, albeit not as good a trial as what Tarnawa ran.
0: Uh, talking of Aidan O'Brien getting fillies back, Jane, has he got love back or not, given her defeat to an admittedly improving three-year-old in a Group 2
1: Yeah, I don't think she's back. Um, She was obviously good last year. We can contest that she maybe didn't beat the best of opposition, but she did come back and win a Prince of Wales in tough fashion on her season debut this year but we haven't seen anything like that since the Judmont International and now getting beaten in the Blandford but she gave everything she had the perfect run through the race she had no excuse but Billy Lee had a target on the Tabor Silks and he got her head down where it mattered La Petite Coco is a rapidly improving filly she has never been over raced by her trainer Paddy Toomey who was twice hitting the post on the Saturday of the Irish Champions Weekend. He had three run- runners at Irish Champions Weekend. Two of them play second on Saturday, and then he gets the Blanford in with La Petite Coco in the colours of Team Balor. I
0: suppose not impossible that, that Love turns up in the arc as well. Just returning to that, what did you make of the Japanese horse Deep Bond in the pre Foy yesterday?
1: Very impressed. This horse, a mile seven winner in Japan, dual group two winner. I, was, I, I didn't know what to expect pace-wise from him went forward under Christian Dimeau and made it made it a test. Broom is a, a stayer, he, he, he's a multiple group winner over ten furlongs, but he does stay very well. He left he he, he stayed on his tail and Skeletti was too far off the pace under Gerald Masse, but Deep Bond turned in and he did quicken and he did put it to bed very well. I, I thought that was more impressive than what I was expecting from him and if chronogenesis is as much better as better than Deep Bond, as the Japanese suggest she is. Then maybe she's the forgotten heart of the arc.
0: So, so because Deep Bond won, and because now Goda told me last week that Chrono Genesis had a much better chance in the arc than Deep Bond, I had to finish the story and uh, and get the hero on the line again. Okay, now what did you make of Deep Bond's victory in the Prix Foix yesterday at Paris Longchamp?
3: Well, you know, it was a very, very slowly run race, and uh, he made a, he set the pace, you know, it was a very slow pace, and, uh, you know, he could dictate the race in front, Um, you know, deep ball doesn't have a so sharp turn of foot, but he can have a long spot, you know, the pace of the race, just you know suit him um, yeah I'm very happy I'm very pleased to see him winning and the team North Hills you know won the pre-4
0: but 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 now Hero you said to me last week that you felt that chronogenesis was much better placed uh, to, to win the Arc de Triumph than Deep Bond do you still believe that having seen what you saw yesterday
3: yes yes I don't change my mind you know if you know Deep Bond and the Chronogenesis run together in Japan. I believe, in you know, Chronogenesis at least five lengths in front of ahead head of the Deep Bond. You know, Chromogenesis is a much, much better better horse than Deep Bond. And I believe, in you know, Chronogenesis. she can handle the track at the Paris Ronson. So I still believe, you know, the Chronogenesis has a much bigger, better chance than Deep Bond on Arc Day. Nick?
0: Right, Jane that's it between what you were saying and what Nahira was saying. We're just off to the windows now and to get stuck into chronogenesis. But as we conclude our arc chat, then we just end at the beginning and say Tanah was the one with the most obvious chance. End of.
1: She is the obvious one, yes. She's only had two starts this year, lightly raced with an autumn campaign in mind. She's got all the boxes ticked. She nearly won over 10 furlongs In a sprint 10 furlongs, that's the class she has. That's the pace she has. We know a mile and a half is better suited for her. She she is the real
0: article. Okay, Jane, tidying up the rest of the weekend's news. Ger Lions winning half the races on Saturday. I mean, that's pretty insane.
1: It is ridiculous. We probably should have known because it was the first time he showed up to a race meeting since uh, the beginning of COVID and he had four winners Atomic Jones probably the highlight on in the Champion Juvenile um, in his own colours bought by his daughter Kerry. Um, that horse beat Stone Age an Absolute Ruler in another bit of a mess of a race at 11% uh, over a mile but yeah the Gerlines team Colin Keane combo what a combination that man is just riding out of his skin all year he's got the Joseph O'Brien record of 126 winners well in his sights and he really hit the ground running on Saturday as did Jessica Harrington
0: and how hard is Sonny Boy Liston following up the e-ball with victory in the Irish St Ledger for Johnny Mercer
1: he, he was craving this Group 1 win. Like the J- Johnny Murtagh has had three winners in the UK this year. One was the Gordon Stakes of Ottoman Emperor, Create Belief at Royal Ascot, and of course Sonny Boy Liston in the Ebor. But they wanted that top-level win. And with Oron Levine going so quick throughout the race, you're looking up and you're thinking, that horse is trained by Aidan O'Brien, that horse is ridden by Colin Keane, should we be following? And to be fair, uh, Twilight Payment, Declan McDonough, they didn't follow... The horse in front collapsed. The pace collapsed too down. You were at risk of ending up in front too soon when something like that happens. It's a real muddling type of a race. Twilight Payment then looked like he was going to prevail, but Ben Cohen's body language and everything he had, he just dropped him right at the right time. Baron Samedy ran on for third. Search for a song didn't pick up. She was sixth, but Sunny Boy, listen, 19 years up, of- of age, Ben Cohen has such a huge future because Johnny Murta is this enigmatic, enthusiastic bubbly character, Ben is just so level, they complement each other so well, they're such a good team and of course it was Johnny's I think 11th stakes winner of the season, he's taken this season by storm the horse deserves immense credit he actually came back into the parade ring to um, a guard of honour from his riders Ben Cohen and the horse was didn't want to walk past, he was almost fresh, he, he, he was a little bit nappy coming back into the parade ring, which is good to see after having such a hard race, but I think there was a lot of big offers coming from, Amer- from Australia for this horse, before the Ebor and since the Ebor, but the Kildare Racing Club opted to hold on to their horse, I can imagine the monetary offers they would have been getting for the Melbourne Cup were probably huge, so to retain their horse and to retain their faith, it was definitely paid off
0: yesterday Eddie Lynham the sprint king another group one for him
1: Yes, Romantic Proposal, again, brought to the boil nice and slowly by Eddie Lynham, who was winning his first Group 1 in six years. This filly by Ravens Pass was bought by his daughter, Amy, trained by himself in the colours of Steve Parkins Clipper Logistics. I'm sure that would have given the family an awful lot of satisfaction. Dragon, simple disappointed for me. I thought he was going to pick up better glass slippers. And, of course, Winter Power didn't maintain her pace like she did in the Nuntalk, but the day was uh, Chris Hayes. He... Very patient, a little bit like soul power, likes to be dropped on the line, and you got to bang right. In-
0: Just before we finish up, Jane, returning to the two-year-olds and the dynamic picture there, not only was Point Lonsdale defeated, so too was the horse with whom he was closely matched in the Chesham. The Queen's reached for the Moon, beaten unexpectedly by Bayside Boy in the Champagne Stakes at Doncaster. Bayside Boy like the Preval May winner, Tiona, trained by Roger Varian, and this is what the trainer had to say about him
2: he looks like he, he ought to be a miler next year he's he's only ra- ever run over seven furlongs in his three starts this year he gets the seven furlongs very well i should think he'll get a mile um you know as a two-year-old if we wanted him to i'm not sure we'll need him to but you know as a three-year-old you'd, you'd hope um you'd hope he'd, he'd get a mile i don't know if he'd get beyond a mile but we you know we've liked him and he's he's done very little wrong in three starts He probably. You know, just showed his inexperience on his second start when he was just edged out uh, by a very smart horse of Andrews at at Newbury. But he showed he'd learned something that day and I thought he was very uh, tough when he needed to be at uh, Doncaster on Saturday.
0: Jane, what did you think of that?
1: I think this might be a blessing in disguise for Reach for the Moon so that we can over the winter just relax and treat him as a horse rather than a monarch. Um, I hope he's still a major classic contender for next year but... We were getting a little bit carried away after the Solario where he beat Great Max, who was well beaten in the national stakes. Um, and I think we've just maybe lined up the form for what it really is now. Point Lonsdale has been put in his place. Great Max has been put in his place. And now Reach for the Moon. Just We were at risk of getting carried away there with Reach for the Moon, getting a little bit romantic. Bayside Boy put us back in our place.
0: Sad news yesterday of the death, age seventy, of leading jumps owner Andy Stewart, best remembered for the legendary Big Bucks, the four times world stayer's hurdle winner. Uh, Paul Nichols trained so many winners for Andy and joins me now. Paul, you'll have very fond memories and a very sad day. What are your thoughts?
4: Yeah, obviously uh, a very sad day. You know, he, he passed away on Friday. He, he had actually been struggling for a number of weeks since he had a fall at his holiday home in Barbados, um, and and. and um, yeah, you know, terrible. It ended as it is, and um, he was actually in Guernsey. He he he'd come back. He'd ha- he 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 obviously had surgery and was hoping to recover in Guernsey, but got an infection, I believe, and so it just gone downhill to which he never recovered. So yeah, terribly sad for everybody and for racing.
0: What'll be your happiest memories of of Andy?
4: Well, you know, nearly every winner he had, he enjoyed, and his enthusiasm, as you know, is. Incredible, but I suppose you know the big bucks and the days we had with big bucks, particularly the fourth time he won the world hurdle, there was quite a bit of pressure on He was, you know, it, it, it was just a monumentous day, and Andy thoroughly enjoyed that, as he did, as I said, every winner. But that was a special day. All those champions were him, and the entries he won, and you know, all those good races at Ascot. You know, he enjoyed them immensely.
0: I got the feeling he meant more to you personally than than almost anyone you you trained for. Just tell me why that was. Well, he's a, you know I've known him for twenty
4: over twenty years now. I reckon that we spoke probably nearly every day or in contact. It wasn't by um, uh, phone; it was by his enthusiastic uh, emails. Um, but you know, he always had opinion on everything. We always discussed everything. But he was such a loyal man. You think in all those twenty years, virtually all the horses he had in training were with us. Um, and yeah, he, he had spent plenty of time on holidays with him in Barbados, and lots of lunches and lots of time. And he was just, a, you know, he was a great friend as much as he was, you know, Rachel's owner.
0: I remember you once telling me that you know if you had one wish, it would be to, to train a Gold Cup winner for him. It, it never, yeah. it never quite happened, but you got to train one of the all-time greats for him.
4: Yeah, it is, and you know, he, he was just a phone call away from, you know, the fact that owning Corto Star it's just amazing. How it goes in different days and different circumstances where horses come up and. You know, for him to have won a Gold Cup would have been fantastic. But, you know, Big Bucks, you know, he wanted, he craved to have a good horse. He had plenty of good horses. You know, like, Poclin, Pascha de polder Obviously, um, uh, Big Bucks winning those races was what he wanted, you know, and he, 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 he thoroughly enjoyed all of it. And, but he enjoyed the whole aspect of racing, the people, the involvement,
0: everything that went in the package of being in National Art and He loved it. Yeah, that's why I was going to say. He was never on the sidelines watching on, was he? He was always immersed in the whole scene.
4: He was, yeah. And he wishing everybody luck, whoever was in opposition with him. He wished them the best of luck. And, you know, I always remember the last thing, every time one of the jockeys went out and rode for him, whatever, we discussed discuss tactics and one, he'd always say to them the last words, every single ride, whether it was Fontwell or whether it was at Charnham, he said, no, safe and sound. That's the most important thing. And that's exactly, you know, how he was. All he wanted was every and awesome jockey that went out there for him to come back safe and sane no matter what the result
0: was. Uh, and he he played a big part in some of the more unusual successes in your yard as well. I know your daughter Megan read a lot of point to point winners in his colours when she was very young. Um, of course Pasha de Polder carried all manner of people to, to Fox Hunter's success and famously was part of that Victoria Pendleton story as well. He sort of was it was involved in all sorts of different ways.
4: Yeah, you know, he loves supporting people. Um, and a number of horses that he had here, once they'd finished their career, he'd always find them a good home and give them to people. Like Blue Team won a, a Grand Military Gold Cup, mm-hmm. I think, for my great mate Stephen Caroline Stadard. And, you know, he gifted people these horses and you know, when I suggested Victoria, rode Pasha to Polden and explained what was happening, he was fully behind it. And then Briony e. Frost, I think, you know, who rode a lot of winners from him, started winning the Fox Hunters on Pasha. And as you said, Megan had some lovely horses off him, including Guanaco. You know, he, he was just a special man that helped so many people.
0: Paul Nichols, the multiple champion trainer, on the death of his longstanding patron, Andy Stewart, who's passed away at the age of 70. Our thoughts with his wife, Judy, and sons, Mark and Paul. Now, Jane Mangan is still with me and Jane is going to send us home with a winner.
1: Yes, I'm going to Worcester. It's a little bit quieter today than it was for the last couple of days. So Worcester, the 220, it's hard to believe no comment is still a maiden over fences, but I hope he can break that today in a handicap chase for Tom O'Brien and Philip Pops.
0: Jane, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot for listening. We will see you again tomorrow. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with Fitzdares,